Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, welcome to the Black Financial Channel. Uh, and uh, today I want to talk about capitalism, particularly black capitalism. Uh, I've heard that term black capitalism used. And I'm going to talk about tell you about the pros and the cons of using terms like black capitalism, uh, because capitalism is uh, kind of predatory. Um, I know capitalism really well. Uh, I had to teach capitalism to my students at Syracuse University, and I'm going to explain to you the predatory nature of capitalism in just a few minutes. And also, I'm going to explain to you how to overcome the predatory nature of capitalism and how we can build a healthy economic situation in the black community. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt, hit that thumbs up button right now. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel in two seconds. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. It's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor. Now, I want to ask you guys a quick question before we get started. Uh, can you hear me and can you see me okay? Give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me and see me okay, because it looks like my Wi-Fi is acting a little bit weird, and I want to make sure I'm coming through all right. So give me a yes in the chat to confirm that you can see me clearly, you can hear me clearly, and that everything is good. What's going on, Rachel and Aura and uh, Bob? Is that uh, Boss Lady for Life? I love it. Uh, Chris Taylor, she, the Boss Lady says, I love that little song. Well, I love you too. The little song loves you. Uh, let's see. I see <clears throat> Greg Mann and Jamal and uh, El Fry, El Fries and Nayasha. Uh, nice to see everybody this morning. Uh, so glad, so good to have you. Uh, and uh, also, don't forget that we talk about economics every single day, several times a day. Sometimes I'll come in here and I'll talk to you guys 10 times in a day about economics and black wealth. But that's because I've dedicated my life to black wealth and to black people and to building the black community, because I believe that we can single handedly within ourselves solve our wealth gap problem. I ain't waiting for white folks. I ain't waiting for them to write a check. I ain't waiting for them to come save us. I ain't waiting for no zaddy, daddy, none of that. I'm not waiting for any of that. I am going to step out here and we are going to step out here and we are going to achieve this goal no matter what. If you agree that we can put ourselves at the top of the priority list, put a hashtag B in the number one in the chat. If you believe that we can solve our own problems, put a hashtag B in the number one in the chat. If you believe that the black community deserves our full attention and our top priority, put a hashtag B in the number one in the chat. So that way we can know we're on the same page because this tribe is not for everybody. I do not want everybody here. I only want the leaders. And so, in fact, uh, one guy um, told me the other day online, he said he said that he was part of a, a pack of alpha males on the internet and they kind of run around just bashing women and everything. And I said, well, actually you do understand that technically speaking, an alpha male is not somebody who follows a pack. An alpha male is the one who leads a pack. The alpha male is the one who's not scared to go out on his own. The alpha male is the one who actually shapes, reshapes the direction of things, right? So uh, again, I'm not saying I'm an alpha one way or the other, but I will say to you this, I will say that when we started talking about wealth many, many years ago, black wealth in particular, I had a lot of people that said, well, one day, maybe one day you could be mainstream. Maybe one day you could be in mainstream media. Maybe one day. And I'm like, why would I want to be in mainstream media? Because mainstream media is stupid. Why do I want to get the approval of racist people? No, I don't want to be part of the mainstream. We are the mainstream. Like we are, we are the alphas in our community. We are the leaders. We are the visionaries. 
And uh, this is just beginning. Uh, we, we started talking about wealth years ago. Wasn't nobody talking about it. And now everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about black wealth because we started this stuff back 15, 20 years ago. And then guess what? This You, you haven't seen nothing yet. Wait till you see what the black community does in the next 50 years. Wait till you see what your children do because you're teaching them about wealth. Wait till you see what your grandchildren pull off based on the vision and the infrastructure that you're building right now. Wait till you see what your grandkids, great grandkids are able to do in the year 2110 as a result of the movement that we're doing right now. So at the end of the day, uh, that's what that's what you are. You are a black leader. Everybody in here is a black leader because you're thinking differently. You're you're looking forward. You're thinking long term. You're doing what the Chinese did when they put together their 100 year plan for world economic domination. Did y'all know that? I don't know if y'all know this or not. Did y'all know that the Chinese government 50 years ago put together a 100 year plan for their community to dominate the world. Did y'all know that? Give me a yes or no if you knew that. And do you know that they're only in year 50 of that plan? And their plan was very similar to the B1 philosophy, except maybe you can call it C1. Their plan was, we're going to put our people first. We don't care if you leave China and you go and you do great things in the United States. Screw them. If you ain't bringing it home to China, then you don't exist. You don't matter. Okay? Their plan also was one where they said, we're going to make sure our children are the most highly educated people on the planet. And I can tell you, when I got my Ph.D., I was sitting next to some of the brightest students from China and and Americans can't hold a candle to that. Right. Also, they have a tremendous amount of pride in who they are, a, a, a tremendous commitment to unity. The group is more important than the individual. So when you have people walking around saying, look at me, look at me, I'm a black leader. Everybody needs to just be like me because I'm important. I'm the most significant. No, no, no. They don't do that. In China, they say the group is always more important than you. The family matters more than the individual that you cannot achieve big things if you don't work together as a group. So go study that. Because a lot of the Chinese critique of Western culture is very, very accurate. And it's something that black people need to pay attention to, which moves us to our next topic, the topic of this conversation. Another critique of America is that America is a capitalist society. Uh, I've heard people use terms like black capitalism and they say it like it's a good thing. And then they say and then I've even had people that don't understand what we do on the platform. They'll say you're a black capitalist and capitalism's bad and blah, blah, blah. And I know where that's coming from. So I hear that. And I'm like, OK, yeah, I understand why you would think that. But first of all, I'm not really a capitalist. I don't. I understand capitalism better than you. And I understand the the pros and the cons of capitalism in, in ways that you can never imagine. You're probably a Marxist because many of your civil rights leadership, uh, even the black Panther Party, stuff like that. A lot of that had foundational roots in the socialist, communist, Marxist space. A lot of the, the, the socialist, communist, Marxist sort of ideology, which is very anti-capitalist, said we're going to use this racial divide again, using black people like pawns. Black people have always been used as pawns. We're going to use black people as our pawns to uh, to pursue our long term goal of destroying capitalist systems. Right. So a lot of your black leaders, so-called black leaders in the civil rights movement who are fighting for social justice and activism and telling you to hold up picket signs and say hands up, don't shoot, we shall overcome. That has a very strong communist, socialist, Marxist uh, orientation and origin. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, per se. Karl Marx uh, had some wonderful critiques of, cra- of capitalism. Karl Marx said some really um, profound things about the, the pitfalls of capitalism. He said the capitalism was um, 
he said that it takes you away from your true purpose, uh, that when you become part of a bigger system and you're nothing more than a cog in a wheel and you're going to work and you're hitting a hammer every day or doing some stupid job every day just to make a salary, that you're missing out on your true purpose in life. I agree with that 100 percent. That's what we talk about. He also said that capitalism is subject to tremendous booms and busts as a result of these systems sort of being inflated by things like debt. And then suddenly they collapse and then the working class gets their butts kicked. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, he also mentioned some other things about capitalism. I can't quite get into everything, but he talked about things like uh, workers. And this is what, what gets to you as black people. This is where I want to go. He mentioned something about basically this basic idea that workers get exploited in capitalist systems. Uh, the, the fundamental idea is that capitalist systems are inherently predatory. Uh, I do not disagree with that at all. Uh, capitalist systems, at, at best, you could say they're built on survival, the fittest, and these Darwinian principles, which, okay, fine, sure. Uh, but really, some people would say that it's built on just sort of this idea that says, if you're not versed in the game, if you're not fully equipped to play the game, then other players will exploit you in the game, right? And I understand this kind of thing because, um, like, I'm a pretty good poker player. I've talked about this before. I love poker. It's a fun sport. It's a great game of psychology, strategy, and math. I'm really good at poker. And the reason I'm really good at poker, like, I've won tournaments with a thousand people in them. The reason I'm good at poker is because I have a PhD. So I can do mathematical calculations in my head. I understand logic and, and strategy very, very well because my master's is in mathematics. And also, psychology is my favorite sport. Uh, <laughs> Side of finance. My, my PhD was in financial psychology and I'm marrying a great psychologist. Or actually, I just married a great psychologist. Shout out to my wife. Now, with that being said, though, um, there is also a predatory aspect to that, right? Uh, in poker, you have the fish and you have the sharks. A shark can identify the fish. Sharks eat the fish. Uh, when I'm in a tournament, I will eat the fish, right? And so <clears throat> capitalism has its sharks and it has its fish. And, uh, and, and, and it's not so good to be a shark, right? Sharks... <clears throat> Sure, at, at best you can say sharks can defend themselves, but sometimes sharks become predators, right? Um, <clears throat> that kid who grows up, <clears throat> excuse me, that kid who grows up <clears throat> with a, uh, a big pile of wealth that his parents left him, who also understands negotiation better than your child, who's been raised to build businesses um, instead of seek jobs who's been trained to deploy his capital in a way that is beneficial to him and his family can be seen as a shark. And uh, where I, <clears throat> where I get off the socialist communist bus is this idea that, <clears throat> that you don't have a choice between whether or not you can be a fish or be a shark, you know? So maybe rather than being a fish or being a shark, maybe you could be a fish who has a gun so that when the sharks come, you can defend yourself. So capitalism has this interesting thing to it where <clears throat> it's not that we disagree about the, the, the good and the bad of capitalism um, or the politics of it, but maybe where we disagree is whether or not you have a choice in whether you're going to be a fish or if you're going to be a shark, right? Um, I believe that black children have a choice. I believe that we have a choice. I believe that as black people, we have the ability to make a choice uh, as to whether or not <clears throat> our children are going to be prepared to compete in a capitalist society. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I'm choking a little bit. I do not believe that we have the uh, ability as black people to change the way white people do things. Um, I don't believe that we're going to be able to destroy capitalism. I don't even know how beneficial it would be to destroy our capitalist system and replace it with socialism or communism or Marxism. I've seen socialist economies. <clears throat> they don't do very well. 
They don't reward competition very well. They don't reward excellence very well, at least not economically speaking. Now, with that said, though, here's what I want to dig into. <clears throat> now, do me a favor. Take one second. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Um, and also... The URL for the Black Business School is on the screen. We have 140,000 students worldwide, and we've helped over a million Black people learn how to buy their first share of stock, which gets to my first uh, key point about uh, this capitalism conversation. <clears throat> One of the uh, things about the capitalism that exists in America is that uh, you do have a democratization of your capitalism. Uh, this idea that you're sold, that uh, that you have no choice, that all you the only choice you have as a black person is to go into the world and be exploited and be a victim. Uh, that is a very unempowering kind of ideology. That's that's really designed uh, to take away any uh, interest you might have in supporting the capitalist system and making you solely dependent on the socialists who fed you this idea that you're powerless. Right. Uh, you, you you're told uh, you can't do anything on your own. You have no choice. Being black is, is a definite curse. There's no way for you on, on any level uh, to uh, to improve your condition without some politician making you a false promise that they're probably not going to keep anyway. I saw somebody that asked the other day about the Congressional Black Caucus. They said, what does the Congressional Black Caucus do? I don't know. I said, I think they collect butter biscuits in exchange for pushing the white Democratic ideology. I don't know what they're doing for black people because I don't see it. If it's out there, I don't see it. Maybe they can come on and tell me what they're doing, but I don't see it. Because if you look at most indicators of black wealth, most black wealth indicators have actually declined uh, over the last 50 years. Since the civil rights movement, black people have not improved their condition when it comes to wealth. The wealth gap is pretty much the same as it was before the civil rights movement. So effectively, even though we know that the civil rights movement might have achieved some gains in some other areas, maybe white people like you more or they will, they're okay with you dating their daughter or whatever it is, they're, they're not sharing the money. They're not sharing the money. So where maybe I can come in is to say, OK, how do we get to a point where we can get a piece of that money? So one area of democratization of your capitalist systems is through things like the free market. Um, one of the reasons I push the stock market so much in stock market engagement is because when I was going through my dissertation and looking at all the data on stock market participation, one thing I found that's fundamentally true is that people are probably 10 times more likely to become wealthy or get above the average um, American wealth level, black, white, or otherwise, if they are invested in the stock market. So I said, okay, if black people, black people right now commit themselves to having one generation, at least of consistent investment in the stock market, where maybe instead of buying the new pair of shoes, you put some of that money in stocks or whatever, that in one generation, black people will actually have a wealth level, an average or median wealth level that is that is close to or exceeds white people. Not all black people, uh, because not all black people are going to listen. Some black people are going to like ignore it. They're going to fall into the victim mentality. They're going to just listen to what the liberals are telling them and they're not going to do anything. But those of you who do it are going to be better off than most white people. Did you know this? I know you may think this is impossible. You may think that this is a, an insane dream. It must be. It's ridiculous to believe that you can ever have as, be, as, be as well off as white people. Right. Because we, we were trained to be white supremacists. We're trained to believe that they can do things that we could never do, that they can have things that we can never have, that they can reach levels that we can never reach, which we're trained to believe. Like literally, there are black people who will get mad at me by literally saying that there are millions of black people who can do better or as well as white people. They don't believe that. They just don't believe. They're like, what? And I'm like, wait a minute. Do you understand that when you're telling me that it's impossible for a black person to have as much or to do as much or to be as much as a white person, you do understand that that is white supremacy, right? You do understand 
that you are white supremacist. Like the, the, the Republicans aren't the only white supremacists. The Democrats aren't the only. You're a white supremacist too. So at the end of the day, um, I can just tell you there are millions of black people right now. And I want you to say, shout yourselves out in the chat. Shout yourselves out in the chat if you have more money in the stock market than most of your white friends. Or shout yourselves out in the chat if you make more money than most of your white friends. Shout yourselves out in the chat if your kids are better off than most of your white friends. Shout yourselves out in the chat if you drive a car that's nicer than most of your white friends. Shout yourselves out right now if you are living in a nicer house than most of your white friends. Um, I know I am. I know that I don't even tell my white neighbors uh, how well we're doing because they would probably get jealous and angry, right? They would they would, they would, they would get, get angry. Me and Alicia just bought a new car. And we don't buy brand new cars. We buy uh, maybe two, three years old so we can get that price. We don't want that um, all that depreciation you get from the new car premium. So we bought a 2018, parked in the driveway. The neighbors all looking around the bushes and all peeking because that car, because I think we slipped. I said, babe, I think we messed up. I think that that car is a little bit nicer than everybody else's. So now the, now the secret's out. They starting to look at a, give us a double take. They already were suspicious because I wasn't getting up and going to work every day. I assumed that they must have thought that I was some black man who was unemployed and, and sitting at home watching ESPN all day, right? Like they, they get up and go to work and we don't, right? But we live below our means. We're not interested in trying to floss and stunt and flaw and, and, and show off what we've got. We just want to live and be safe and secure and comfortable and make sure that we build a legacy, that we build an empire, right? And uh, and that's something, that's one of the reasons why I'm vocal about the marriage and the relationship. It's because uh, I want to teach some of these young boys about what it means to be a king. I want to teach some of these young kids about what it means to build an empire. I want to teach some of these guys that uh, that when you're talking about what it means to be a strong man, that being a strong man means that you can also support a strong woman, a strong man. Be clear. Be clear. Listen to me now. A strong man is not threatened by a strong woman. Uh, a man who seeks to oppress a woman's uh, greatness is not a, is, is a man who's insecure. It's a man who's afraid that if she shows how great she is, it's going to make me look small or because you got a master's degree and I don't. I feel like I'm tiny and I'm insignificant, so I've got to punch you in the face to reestablish my uh, my my false uh, my false um, perception of alpha male dominance. That in order for me to feel like I'm the leader and I'm the man, I can't share power. I can't uh, hear what you're saying. I uh, whatever, right? And what what what's, what happens there is that you're getting a false sense of what leadership really is. Leadership isn't dominance. Leadership is uh, cooperation where you are bringing in the best ideas from all the people that are part of your team so that everyone feels empowered. Like LeBron James is a great leader in the NBA because LeBron makes his teammates better. Michael Jordan's problem was that he dominated his players and he would crush their souls like he did to poor Kwame Brown, who's still mad. Kwame Brown, 20 years later, is still angry because of Michael Jordan hammered him and beat him and yelled at him and screamed at him and, uh, and oppressed him because he had to be the alpha. Well, guess what happened back at that time? Get Anybody know any basketball fans in here? Well, give me a yes or no. When Michael Jordan played with the Wizards and he was playing with Kwame Brown and Kwame Brown was the number one draft pick, were the Wizards any good? Give me a yes or no. Anybody remember 20 years ago? Were the Wizards any good when Kwame Brown and, and Michael Jordan played together? Two great players, two great guys. Could have been extraordinary. Were there any good? Well, tell me. Give me a yes or no. No. They were garbage. They were terrible. They were horrible. Well, well, that's because Michael Jordan didn't understand what leadership really means. Uh, LeBron James understands that. I believe that if Kwame Brown had played with LeBron, uh, I think Kwame would have he, he wouldn't be angry. Uh, he would have been treated better. Uh, he The team would have been able to find a way to win. And they would have maybe even gotten to the playoffs and maybe perhaps even won a championship. Uh, you know, so 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 at the end of the day, what I, what I want to get to is this. Look. 
Um, if you're talking about uh, black people and and what it takes for us to be successful in this society, here's the deal. I don't believe capitalism is going to go away. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't get into anti-racism because it's not my job to go and teach white people how to be better people. I, I'm not interested in any of that. That just doesn't appeal to me. Um, I don't. It's, it's not that I think that they're good people or bad people. I just don't care. I truly don't care. Um, I believe that fundamentally human beings care about themselves and not other people. I believe that it is problematic for you at, on any level as a black person to believe that you know, it's the job of white people to give a damn about you or your family. I, I, the, the term Black Lives Matter is a, is a little bit of a, a term that we can kind of question a little bit because it's like, who are you trying to convince that Black Lives Matter? Like, who, why, why do you repeat it? Why do you make sure white people are in the room when you're saying Black Lives Matter? Uh, if you know that your life matters, then you don't have to say that. Right? Like, I don't have to tell you that Boyce's life matters because, shoot, I, I, I'm invested in, in Boyce. Right? I, I'm talking about myself in the third person. I can't do it. Alicia says that's a sign of mental illness, so I better quit. But because the cat will be out the bag that I'm half crazy, right? Because you got to be crazy to keep on, you know, doing some of this stuff that we're doing here. Um, you know, but, but, but here's the deal. Um, you know, when you're talking about America, America will continue to be a capitalist society and capitalism. Again, I told you, I know capitalism very well. I had to teach it at Syracuse. It is built on uh, various forms of predatory behavior and exploitation for sure. Uh, capitalism is uh, definitely built on predatory behavior in the sense that um, landlords uh, allegedly prey on renters. If you are a renter and you rent an apartment from a landlord for 20 years, then you basically bought your landlord a house, right? Uh, it's predatory, or it can be seen as predatory uh, when you look at the relationship between producers and consumers. Uh, consumers buy things from producers, and the value that you're giving the producer is here. What you're receiving is here. I, I pay $300 for a pair of sneakers. They cost $12 to make in Taiwan. So uh, it is a wealth transfer from... Uh, from uh, from some would say from poor people to rich people or from produ consumers to producers, right? Because it's hard to argue that you're poor when you have a pair of Air Jordans on your feet, right? Poor people in other countries do not wear $300 sneakers. They, they, they're just happy to be able to eat. Um, also, uh, it's, it's, it's considered predatory when you look at the relationship between the worker and the boss, Right. A lot of the debate between uh, you know, things like socialism, communism and, and, and Marxism versus capitalism comes down to that relationship between the owners of capital and the workers. Right. Always been there. Right. You talk about labor unions and all that. And America has become too capitalist because we don't support things like labor unions, which I disagree with. I think that we should support labor unions uh, because we want things to be fair. But, but life isn't fair. And America is a country that. Uh, that it feeds into this this predatory aspect of capitalism. Uh, also, uh, capitalism is built on greed. Capitalism says that whatever amount of money you made before, you have to make more next quarter. And if you don't, then you failed. Or if you're not number one in your industry, then that's a problem. Being number three or number four is, is not good enough. There is no such thing as enough. There is no such thing as the word enough. When you're talking about capitalism, that is a gluttonous kind of mindset, which is incredibly unhealthy because you can't eat the entire planet. Right. But that's what capitalism teaches you. It teaches you falsely that greed is good. And uh, and so what happens is that when you are hit with the predatory nature of capitalism, uh, you see things like, for example, student loan, the student loan debt crisis, where millions of black people who felt like they did the right thing. Right. Because you went to college, and you got that degree. Uh, and, and unfortunately, many of them die in debt. Uh, the average black college graduate uh, defaults on their debt within the first 10 years, 
most black college graduates never repay their debt. So even the most educated among us are actually the ones most likely to die in debt in some situations, not all situations. And this also doesn't include the fact that in addition to having massive amounts of student loan debt, the college graduate has never been trained on how to truly do the things that build wealth, like um, own property, buy stocks and start businesses. They are taught to uh, go work for white people. Right. And that's that's a problem. Right. And so so ultimately, when you're talking about capitalism uh, and capitalist greed and the predatory nature of capitalism, I'm not one to disagree with you at all. I'm not. Um, I am one to simply say this. Um, Okay, so we know the predators in the building. And maybe you think we can kill the predator like we're all in the house and there's a predator in that room over there. If you go in that room, he's going to take your money. Um, he, he, He might beat you down. He might put something in your butt. He might um, take away all everything that you have or whatever. Right. He's going to hurt you. Right. He, that, that predator in that room, he's going he to get in that ass literally and figuratively. If you walk in that room, he going to get you. And I can't kill the predator. I don't know how to kill. Predators are going to pray. Right. A, a lion will always be a lion. Even when you tell the lion to act like a sheep, uh, a, a, an alligator is always going to be an alligator even if you beg the alligator to be a kind, sensitive human being, right? Uh, so so, so given that we know, pay attention now, listen, I want you to hear me. Give me a yes in the chat if you're following what I'm saying, because you know these are high-level discussions. This is not popular amongst people. Some people like things to come in the form of jokes and and memes and, 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 and just, you know, ridiculousness, or maybe if I were rapping this, it would make more sense to some people, but but I, I want to I wanna have a high-level conversation with you, because it's a Sunday, too. I feel like doing a little bit pre- of preaching, so maybe this is Pastor Boyce in the building. Um, but so we know the predators in that room, right? And we can't kill the predator. The predator is too big. The cat, the predator is systematic racism. The predator is um, capitalism, which is a thousand years old. It was here before you got here. It's probably going to be here when you're gone. But it, we, but we know that it's in that room. And so you have somebody like me who says, um, I know that room very well. I know the predator extremely well. I know the dimensions of that room. I know exactly what's going to happen to you if you walk in that room. So I get on the internet and I'm screaming to the top of my lungs to every black person who's listening anywhere. Don't go in that room. Don't go. If you go in that room, they're going to kill you. They're going to get you like, like you yelled at the movie screen. He going to kill you, girl. Right? Like I'm the one who's yelling at the movie screen saying, don't go in the room. That means uh, don't get, don't, don't, don't commit yourself to this system. You want to integrate, right? You you were trained for 50 years in school to believe that integration is a good thing. And I'm sitting here saying, you're integrating with the predator. Why would you integrate with the beast that's going to eat you? Like that doesn't make any sense, right? So I'm not a big fan of all this integration talk. You know, this idea that that our goal as black people is to simply get white people to be nicer to us and to give us more jobs and and to to, to be our allies. No, I don't want to be allies with a predator. I don't hate white people. Don't get me wrong. This is not anti-white. I'm not anti-nothing. I'm pro-love. I love I love my woman. I love my family. I love my community. That's it. It's not anti-nothing, but I'm it's I'm talking about the system, not the people, the system, as well as maybe the people who commit themselves to the system. So when you're being asked to integrate with a predatory system, then effectively what you're doing is you're being told to either become a co-predator or in the eyes of many of the liberals to just simply go in there and be a victim. Right. Because how do you integrate with a predatory system? What, What does that even look like? 
So, so what I'm saying to you is, and I'm saying this to millions of black people. I've been, you know, I've talked to millions of people over the years. I've been on TV and stuff more times than I can count. Um, I've probably done 10,000 YouTube videos. I'm qualified. I, my PhD is very real. My dissertation is on the internet if you want to go read it. And I'm saying the predator is in that room. Do not go in that room. In that room, you will find all the failings of American capitalism that will make you into the victim that other people are telling you that you're, you're destined to be. In that room, you will find that you're going to pay rent to a landlord uh, because everybody's telling you to go and get an apartment and pay rent and not own anything. So you're going to pay rent to that landlord for 30 years, and then your landlord's going to walk away with all your family wealth. You will have nothing. In that room, you're going to go and, and, and take your little college, your little fancy college degree that white people gave you, and you're going to go work for a white man. He's going to get. He's going to make himself and his family extreme, extremely rich, filthy rich, off of your black human capital, and they're going to replace you a week after you die at your desk. Uh, in, in that room, you're going to go. You, you're going to the, the, the person you buy shoes from is going to walk away with billions of dollars, and you're going to walk out with a shiny pair of Air Jordans. Um, in that room, you will have so much student loan debt that your family will never be able to repay it. Uh, in that room, you're going to become the very victim that everyone says you're destined to be. And so there are some black people who are smart. Some of y'all are very logical. You say, oh, the predators in that room. I don't think I want to go in there. Those are, in my view, the people that are the builders, the black nationalists. Uh, th those are the people who, <clears throat> who, uh, count, who, who counter the white supremacist systems by saying, let's just go over here and build a better system, Right. But the masses of the community, the majority of black folks, I'm talking about the Negroes on TV, uh, or as Kwame, I think Kwame calls them the go along to get along gang. I don't know how they concluded I'm part of that group. Ain't nobody going along with nothing. Ain't no white people writing no checks over here. I ain't getting no support from corporations, nor do I want it. I do not want government money, corporate money. I don't want to be mainstream. I turn down CNN interviews all the time. So so that go along, get along gang, you're talking about somebody else. You ain't talking about me, brother, because I, I didn't make $10 million, $100 million from the NBA. Right. I built this right with nothing. Right. And if I have seven feet tall and played in the NBA, I probably have a lot more money or whatever. But we built this from the ground up. OK. And, and so. So with that said, though, you've been trained to believe that your job is to integrate into something that is toxic. You've been trained to believe that you're supposed to connect yourself to something um that is going to exploit you once that connection takes place. You know, why would think about this, right? Uh, again, the predator's in the room. He's a thief. He's a rapist. He's a terrible person. And you say, I want to integrate with you. The predator's going to say, okay, yeah, integrate with me. And you're going to say, you're not going to, you're not going to hurt me, are you? And he's like, no, I'm not going to hurt you. Come on in, girl. Come on, let's integrate. That's what they do. That's what do you get what I'm saying? Like that's what they do. That they're like, come on, come on, integrate with us. We we we, we want you to integrate. Come on in. It's it's comfortable. Oh, it used to be bad. We used to exploit the hell out of black people. We used to steal their wealth, but we don't do that anymore. No, come on in. Come on in. Right? And you're like, okay, okay, I'm gonna come in. All right. You promise you're not gonna do nothing, right? Right? No, girl, I'm just gonna stick in the tip. Right. So like, seriously, that, that's literally what I see when I see integration. And, and I'm not saying integration can is always a bad thing. But remember, you got to remember what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a beast. You're dealing with something that 
and I'm not talking about the people. See, to make the, make sure this is good. See, stupid people are going to hear what I'm saying. They're going to think I'm talking about white people. I'm not talking about the people. See, people are inherently good. I do believe that. I believe most people are inherently good. I've had white neighbors in the South, deep South, where they think everybody, everybody wakes up with a, you know, put, gets in their pickup truck and thinks about how many niggers they're going to kill today. No, I, some of the nicest people I've met are white people in the South. Now, maybe they're pretending. They're, maybe they're pretending they like me, but I don't care if they like me or not. Fine, pretend. Let's pretend, right? Because that's all. Because I'm probably pretending not like I like you too. Like, right? We we really at the end of the day, do we really care about each other? Am I gonna go feed your kids? No, I'm not. You're not gonna feed mine. You stay over there. I stay over here. <clears throat> and and it's honestly got you. So I'm not talking about the people. I'm not talking about people. They have that whole saying that says, "Great minds think about ideas. Mediocre minds talk about events. Small minds talk about people." So small-minded, small-minded individuals shouldn't be here because they're going to think that you're talking about people, or maybe they think you're going to talk about events. We're told as black people to constantly react to some event. Did you hear about the black person who got beat up by the? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to try to be. I want our minds to be great. I want you to have a great mind, and I want you to focus on ideas. The idea. The idea here is to say, does it make sense as a black person to want to fully integrate? In an unempowered way, in a way where you've been told you're, you're, you're nothing but a victim, uh, to integrate with a system that is designed to be predatory. Does that make any sense? Systems ain't got no heart. Like Spice One, one of the greatest co- poets of all time. So shout out to Spice One in the Bay Area. I was on Willie D and Scarface's podcast last week, and when he told and, and when Scar- and I told Scarface, I said, "Yeah, Spice One's one of my best, one of my favorite artists of all time." He said, "I talked to Chico the other day." I said, "Man, tell that brother he's one of the best poets I've ever heard. He's gangster, ratchet as hell, but he's a great poet." And as Spice One used to say, "The trigger has no heart." He said, "The trigger has no heart." Well, capitalism ain't got no heart. Systems have no heart. Systems ain't trying to, they, they don't care. When you say Black Lives Matter, they don't care. They're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. So yeah, is the system racist? Absolutely. But really the system just does what the system was built to do. It's like a car engine. Is a car engine racist because, because the car ran over a black person? No, the, the car, the engine just does what the engine does, right? And, and so if, you, if you're looking at a car engine, you could say, well, that engine's racist because every time uh, the car tur- gets turned on, it runs over a black person. You could say, well, maybe the reason that the car runs over a black person is because black people are never the ones driving the damn car. <laughs> maybe the re- reason you're getting ran over by the car is because you never thought about building your own car and letting yourself control the engine. Now, I'm not saying to say you want to build an engine so you can run over other people. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that maybe if you don't want to get run over by the damn car, you get your monkey ass out the street. Get out of the damn street. Stop getting in front of the car and getting on your hands and knees and saying, hands up, don't shoot. Black lives matter. Boom. You get ran over. See, they they, they victimized. We tried to integrate. No, (laughs) no, no. If you don't want to get run over by the car, you get out of the street and you get into a different car. Right. So so when you're talking about capitalism being predatory, I've heard people say that I heard people say, well, capitalism is terrible. Capitalism is predatory. Capitalism is racist. Yeah, I think. Sure. OK, fine. Yeah, I agree with you. But we know the predators in that room. And I, I'm sitting here. I'm the guy who's telling you, don't go in that room. And millions of black people, 
you know, because I'm not, I guess because I'm not a comedian who wears a dress on on the internet or because I'm not a rapper who raps about how many babies mamas he has, uh, people don't listen. People don't listen to people like me because it's nerdy. It's not cool to be a black scholar. It's not cool to be a black thinker. It's not cool to be a black strategist. So I have that talented tenth. I have that small group of you that I love to death, that I admire and I respect so much because I know exactly where your lives are going to go. And I'm saying to you, don't go in the room where the predator is, even though 90% of the community, unfortunately, will walk right into the room. They will walk right into this room of false integration where you're integrating into a competitive system and you don't know how to compete. The only way you should integrate with the predator, pay attention now. Listen, are you listening? Give me a yes in the chat if you're listening. Also, take a second. Please hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up button. Let me know if you're listening and hearing what I'm saying. So so here's the deal. Pay attention now. The only time you should integrate with the predator is let's say let's say the predator is sitting on a pot of gold. Right. So the predator, when you go in there and you try to integrate and he's going to prey on you, but he's sitting on a pot of gold. So you kind of want to go in the room. Well, what should you do if you decide you want to integrate? See, integration is not the problem. It's how you integrate. Right. So if I integrate in the room with the predator and I walk in and I'm completely unprepared, I I think he's going to be nice to me. I show up with butter biscuits and cupcakes, hoping that we can have dinner together. I'm going to get ate up. But if I really want to integrate with the predator and I because the gold is in the room because white folks sitting on that money, they sitting on your wealth. They stole your money. They got it. They they're holding it. Right. So I want to integrate to some extent. I want to integrate because I want to get that money back. Right. So when do you properly integrate? Well, to integrate, you got to be prepared. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to study the predator, figure out what his weaknesses are. I'm going to study the power dynamic and figure out how do predators always win? How are you always competing and ended up on top? That's why with my children, I'm teaching them. When you grow up, I need you owning real estate. When you grow up, I need you owning stocks. When you grow up, I need you knowing how to start your own business. I don't need you working for people. I don't need you being a a renter for too long. I don't want you to be a consumer all the time. I want you to be ready for this system. I want you to be ready for this process. And daddy's going to build some wealth so that when I, so you're going to go in there, cock, cock, locked and loaded. So you're going to walk in and you're going to, and you're going to go in and you're going to see the predator. The predator is going to be like, Hey, how you doing? Why don't you come on in? Yeah, Black Lives Matter. We got it on the wall. Can we want you to integrate? Come on in, come on in. And so what you do, here's what you do. Here's how you integrate. Here's how you properly integrate with a predator. You come in and you you hold in your shotgun. You're like, so nice to see you. Because you know he's pretending. He don't care. He's a predator, right? So you're like, so you're going to pretend too. You pretend like you like him too. So you're like, so great to see you. Oh my God, that's such a great, oh wow. Thank you for putting Black Lives Matter on the wall. That really means a lot. And then you put your shotgun down next to the table and you kind of say, that I like that that pot of gold you're sitting on over there, you know, uh, you know, it, it, and uh, and I'd, I'd like a piece of that money, and and he, and he's like, well, this, this is my money, this is my money, and so you say, okay, and you're polishing your shotgun at the same time, you're like, okay, well, how about we just compete for that, right? And, and so you walk in and you integrate with a predator if you're prepared to fight, if you are prepared to compete. 
That is my point. You only integrate into a football game if you have been training and you you're, and you got the muscle to compete on the field. If you have a strategy to help you win the game. If you got your equipment to protect your body. If you have a team, if you got your posse with you, that's going to help you move the ball as well as they move the ball. Then you integrate into a football game. You do not integrate into a football game when you are showing up with no pads, with no practice, with no training, and no skill. You don't integrate. You integrate into a football game without any of the, the preparation necessary, you're going to get crushed. So playing football is not the problem. It's the fact that you're told to integrate in a way that you're completely unprepared. You are prepared. And remember, I told you, they'll never give you reparations for slavery anytime soon. It's not going to be authentic. They're going to fake it. They're going to give you something. They'll, they'll write you a check, but it'll be like enough to buy like a pair of shoes or something. Um, but while they won't give you reparations for slavery, they will always give you preparations for slavery. See, integration was sold to black people. Uh, integration into a capitalist system was sold to black people in a method that ensures that when all the money's divided up, they're going to get it all. You're going to get the crumbs. That when the power is divided up, they're going to keep their power and you're going to get a little bit. So what you're so when you're trained to believe that your number one goal is to go out and go work for somebody and all this other stuff that you're trained to do. Like I, I went to an HBCU and I got a job at Goldman Sachs. Well, Goldman Sachs is going is awfully happy to integrate you. They're like, yeah, we need more people to exploit because we're capitalists and we we're, we're OK. We love the whole system as long as we're at the top. It's like it's like those pastors when you go to their church and they they only want to serve God when they get to actually pick up the collection plate and they get to run the church. But if you tell them, like, no, I want to run the church, I want to see I want some of that money in the collection plate, then suddenly they want to leave the damn church. Well, that's kind of what it is. That's what happens in the church of capitalism. The people who get to lead are the ones who get the benefits. So what I encourage you to do is really understand what you're looking at here. Um, I can't change capitalist systems. I can't make white people stop being white. I can't make America stop being capitalist. I don't have that much power, uh, and uh, and nor do I really care enough to try to do that. Um, but I can tell you about preparation and what that looks like and what that means, and that uh, and that at the end of the day, predators are going to prey. But that does not mean you always have to be a victim. It also means this. It means that as black people, as we're developing alternative systems, as we're seeking to build something better for our people, for our community, I've employed dozens of black people. I have helped black folks to the tunes of millions of dollars across across time. Uh, Dr. Claude Anderson's Powernomics Institute. Uh, and I want to mention that because a lot of people shout out Dr. Anderson. They use his name. They use his videos. Uh, well, I think if you, that if you believe this man has given so much to you, then you should put your money where your mouth is. I, I, celebrities, too. I was really offended when I heard how many celebrities will call him and say, I love Powernomics, but ain't wrote a check for nothing. Uh, we've we put a quarter million dollars or more into the Powernomics Corporation. Ice Cube and I agreed to buy to each buy a thousand copies of Powernomics and to put those books out into the community. So so I would encourage anybody who's uh, talking this pro black stuff to understand what that actually looks like. If you believe in something, you're supposed to support that thing financially. Uh, so, so what I will say to you is this. When we're building a better system, I don't encourage you to build a purely capitalist system because capitalism, by its very nature, is designed to be exploitative and predatory. But that does not mean that you cannot benefit from having free enterprise. It does not mean that you cannot benefit by owning your own businesses. It does not mean that you cannot benefit by developing systems and putting together protocols that allow your community to win, right? And so uh, so, so, at the end of the day, though, uh, just know 
that part of the reason that you see the don't don't just believe me. Go look at the data. Go look at the data. Look at look at when you see black folks just going crazy, screaming and hollering and acting a fool and getting mad about this and mad about that. I need you to go look at the data. And I need you to look at their lives. Or, you know, many of these people are not happy with their lives. Um, I'm very happy with my life. I'm very happy with my I'm very comfortable talking to young people about leadership and success and happiness because I I have success. I have happiness. I'm completely happy with my life. I don't wake up every day afraid that a cop's going to kill me. I don't wake up every day wondering what my white what my white neighbors think about me. I don't wake up every day uh, calling some man my boss uh, or dealing with that nonsense. I, I walked away from that because at, at an early age, I made a conscious decision to develop an alternative system that allowed me to have the power that I deserve and to be able to protect my family. That required a different way of thinking. That required thinking that's off the grid. That required developing an educational process that was completely devoid of everything, that, almost everything that you're taught in school. Sure, I went to school long enough to know what's being taught there. I've taught at major universities. You guys know this. I've taught at several different universities. But I can tell you that a lot of the stuff that they're teaching you is not the stuff that's going to really help you succeed. The stuff that's going to help you succeed is the stuff that's outside of that. Do you get what I'm saying? Give me a yes if you get what I'm saying. And uh, and by the way, Bakari, he asked for coding for kids. Uh, thoughts? I think kids. I think kids learning how to code is a good thing. Um, I think a lot of coding is being outsourced though. So uh, I think that teaching them how to lead a team is probably more effective than teaching them how to code themselves. Uh, maybe learning how to code is the basics, but that's it. I wouldn't go into being a, a professional coder or anything uh, right away. But we do actually have some coding stuff that actually we're going to do pretty soon in the Black Business School. And in fact, actually, we have a whole wealth program for kids. Um, I don't. I didn't mention it, uh, you know, recently. But if you want to go to blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. We have a whole black business school for children. So uh, I'll put the URL on the screen so you guys can see it. But with that said, um, I hope that this message helped you. I hope that you understand what I'm saying here. Uh, I personally believe that at the end of the day, the black people that are going to be successful are the ones who are going to walk away from everything that you're being taught in mainstream media, who are going to walk away from the Democrat Republican nonsense, who are going to walk away from the integration conversations, who are going to walk away from all the nonsense. They're, they're going to literally say, OK, to your children, very basic things. Um, I need you to uh, focus on owning real estate. I need you to focus on investing in stocks. I need you to focus on starting businesses. I need you to focus on family and community. That is how you become successful. And we're going to help you because we're going to build some wealth for you so that when you get out there, you're going to be OK. Because here's the thing about America. It may be it may be wrong to say this. Maybe some people are going to get mad. But America's very America's not mean to rich people. It's just not America's not mean to people who have resources. They're just not. I mean, America, it, it definitely sucks. America's mean to poor people. I don't disagree with that. And uh, and I personally think that if you're black and you're trying to protect the poor people in your community, uh, you don't want to say to assume that somehow a white racist system is going to ever care about poor black people. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think it's going to be up to black people to care about poor black people. And that's what it is. So, so my contribution is I create jobs. I've helped a lot of people pay their bills over the years. And I'm very, very proud to say that I was able to do that. Uh, so anyway, that's it, guys. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Uh, please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. Our program for children is at blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. And if you want to speak to one of our specialists at the Black Business School, uh, we're building a university. We're all around the world. We're going to have physical locations within about a year or two. Uh, it's just It just takes money. We got to raise money. But we are building these things and uh, we're getting it done. We're getting it done. We reach millions of people. We reach a million black people a week. And uh, we've gotten over a million black people invested in stocks. Uh, and we have the receipts to show that. 
And as time goes on, we are going to get physical buildings because we're building a great black university that is going to teach authentic blackness and authentic black economic power with a poweronomics based perspective. And we're going to be around for the next 500 years. So if you're interested in talking to our people, you can go to the blackbusinessschool.com. You can even get started for free. We have free stuff. Uh, so you don't have to have money when you come to the church. Just um, just bring whatever bring yourself in whatever form you're in. And as long as you can let go of this mainstream thinking, then you're our kind of people. But if you're caught up in the nonsense, then you're going to probably get mad because everything I say is probably going to just piss you off. So so if you're a mainstream person, you shouldn't be here. But if you want to do something different and you want to succeed in a different way, go to the Black Business School. Uh, we'll, we welcome you. So anyway, I'm out of here, guys. Have a good day. Thank you, Rachel, for your kind words. I appreciate you. And thank you, Miss D and everybody else. Uh, and I'm, I'm out of here. I'll see you guys soon. I'll probably be back later on today. You guys know I come in here a lot and I love I love talking to you. So talk to you soon. Uh, love you. Uh, hit the thumbs up on your way out. Talk to you later. Peace. Thank you.